Crowhill here. Today we review a Goza and discuss narcissism. Hello and welcome to Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crowhill. Good evening, Pigweed. Uh, Good evening. Hey, oh. hey, Pigweed. Hey, hey, over here. What's going on? Pigweed! Yes, what? Hey, what What are you doing? Oh, I was just staring into this mirror. Oh, c- come on. What, what's, what's going Don't on? Don't I look particularly great today? Uh, oh, okay, you look so fine. Th- this yeah. shirt I got, I think it really sets my eyes off, and I really <laughs> can't focus on the show today because my reflection is amazing. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm just going to put this thing over top of the mirror and uh, try to call you back to reality here. So, Okay. All right. Yeah, falling in love with your reflection is a little <laughs> a little sad. How do you pronounce Goza? Is it Goz or Goza? I hear both. So it's hear... spelled like hose, yeah. G-O-Z. But I hear Goza yeah. sometimes. And I don't know what the origin of the word is or, or, or anything. Yeah, but... I kind of prefer Goz, but... I don't know. I said it goes like in the intro. In rose, yeah. but, uh, so I think of, before I get into this one, Goes's should, uh, Goes I should have <laughs> some measure of saltiness and tartness. Yes. And the, but there's a, there's a, there's, there's a range. There's some, a range. Yeah. Some are some way, some are more one way than the other. Yeah. Some of them are, are unpleasantly tart, in right. my opinion. And yeah. some are, some are so, are really salty because I, and I, I think of, like, if you're drinking a beer after being on a boat all day, yeah. and you know what I mean, like your lips have gotten splattered with with salt water, yeah. and then you drink a beer, like there's a little bit of saltiness, kind of think, um, makes me think of a, of a, su- a summer beer. And so this is from Union. That, uh, didn't you send me a link of the, the best brewery in each state? Yeah, and Union was the well, best. That was Union was the one, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure I agree, but they, they voted well, it the best. But it's certainly worth the field America. trip. It's definitely worth the field trip. They have a, a afternoon, I think Saturdays they're your uh, tasting room is open. All right. So we should uh, head up there sometime. So, yeah, we should expect some salt. We should expect some tart. What are you getting? Uh, I'm getting more tart than salt. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely definitely more tart. Just maybe a touch of salt, but not very much. No. And... Um, a little, you know what? A little bit on the back door? Mm-hmm. Like after you swallow, there's yeah. a little... Yeah, yeah, it's sort of that feeling like you've been swimming in the in the ocean. And <laughs> yeah. You get that that feeling in the yeah. back of your throat, right? After. Because you know you get water on your lips, and yeah, and, yeah. and some of it inevitably goes down your throat because you can't help it. But um, yeah, so this is nice. It's I'm not I'm not a huge sour uh, tart beer fan as a general rule. Yeah, but this is this is very drinkable. Yeah, this very is nice. A very nice. Good summary kind of a beer. It is it's Old Pro mm. by. Uh, is that, and what what do we have here on the ABV five something? Did you even four point two? Okay, right, very so very right, light, right there in the Miller Lite range. Yeah, maybe I should have one of these for. I, I'm gonna have to mow the lawn this weekend. You know, finish mowing the lawn and then come in and drink one of those guys. All right, so um, all right, narcissism. So now, we... now that you've covered up all the mirrors, I can focus. Okay, all right. So, what is the story about narcissism? Where does narcissism come from? Right. So, we all know narcissism is a person who loveth himself, but uh, the word comes from, I believe it's a Greek myth. I, although I think, and there are several versions of it. Although I think the, one of the more familiar versions is Ovid in first century, which would be Roman. Mm-hmm. But Roman take on a yeah. 
on a, on a, on a Greek myth. So well, all the uh, books say Greek and Roman myths, you know, so they, they, they yeah. share back and, and they, forth. Right, they yeah. just borrowed. What are the, the, uh, what are the planets? The planets are Roman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, right. So before narcissism was what we think of it, there's guy, it was just a guy's name. Yeah. And this, this guy was apparently a very attractive fellow. Right. And, uh, was renowned for his beauty and fell in love with, or no, Echo fell in love with him. Yes, and right, and he spurned any advances by, uh, by, the, by the ladies. Yeah, and so Echo was, was distraught over this and ended up just and speaking hanging of Echo, out so right, so what, what, what is their initial encounter? Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. There's the, back before Echo was Echo. Poor old Echo, all these years, just been hanging out in lonely glades, repeating what other people say, <laughs> pining after Narcissus. Right. Yeah. But so Narcissus, um, then so, some other, there, one version of the story has some other goddess or some kind of a being taking revenge on Narcissus and leading him to a pool of water where he saw himself and fell in love with his reflection. Yes. Yeah. And then just just sat there, stared at his own face. Right. One of them uh, that he, he he didn't stop to eat or drink, and he wouldn't drink from the pond for fear of disturbing the reflection of his own beautiful face. This makes me think that it's a Greek myth, because the Greeks were more... Uh, more there's a lot more homosexuality in Greek culture than in Roman culture. So since you have this guy a man falling, falling in love with a man, man falling in love with a man, it pro- makes it seem like a, a Greek myth. Probably. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. We should ask uh, our our buddy the classicist. He, yeah, yeah, he would he know. Would know. But narcissism has come to mean other things, and. Uh, I saw a list of top signs of narcissism. You know, how do, how okay. do you tell a narcissist and they have a sense of entitlement. They expect to be admired. They exaggerate their life. They believe they're superior. Take advantage of others and lack empathy. They live in a fantasy world. They demean, intimidate, and bully others. They need to be controlling. They strive for perfection. They lack accountability and blame others. They lack boundaries. They expect attention and validation. They're driven by hidden fears. They're unable to be vulnerable. And they talk over and interrupt other people. But despite all that, they can be charming and persuasive. <laughs> And hopefully they're attractive. <laughs> I guess, yeah. So I, I remember hearing, and this is before they labeled Trump a narcissist, but it was a previous presidential candidate going, wait a minute. Any person who has ever even thought of being a president going, you know what this world needs? Me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, yeah, the country's got a lot of problems. The world's in a, in a, in a terrible place. Yeah. I can only think of one man for the job. <laughs> so, yeah, so every, yeah, all of you are narcissists in that sense. You, you very, ra- very rarely get the public servant who is reluctantly called out of, uh, yeah. you know, out of his yes, job. And right, goes, yeah. I mean, after George Washington, I think everybody, every, all the rest of them have been narcissists. So, yeah. uh, but, so, it's a topic that, that has come up in small ways in, uh, or an idea. Mm-hmm. That has come up in small ways in a number of podcasts that we've done. And I just thought, well, let's just pull them all together and just knock out narcissism all at once. And so our, we've done shows on expressive individualism. We've done uh, the, you know, my identity. Why right. does everybody else right. care about your identity and my pronouns? My, my, it's my truth and my lived experience. So expressive individualism is yeah. the idea that 
you know, like in a way that is the highest virtue. Yeah. And I wonder, I, as I was thinking about the show, I, I started to wonder if this increase in narcissism, which, which, you know, yeah, here's researchers say we have a narcissism epidemic. Okay. So there, there seems to be a consensus that there is more narcissism in the world nowadays. And I, I wonder if it's a consequence of, yeah, probably. <laughs> a great picture. Explain that. Explain well, so, that. So this picture on this article. I mean, it's just absolutely gorgeous yeah. vacation island. Here, right? You see this picture of this, this lovely scenery and somebody holding a camera, but the camera isn't pointed towards the scenery. It's pointed <laughs> back at the person <laughs> taking that That's a great looking picture. at it. It is a very good picture. I wonder if this, this narcissism is in a way a consequence of the lack of meaning. That, in other words, as people lose a sense of, of meaning and purpose in life, a sense that, that life has some meaning outside of themselves, the only thing they have left to rely on yeah. is themselves. They become yeah. the existential hero who says, I will assert meaning, me, 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 yeah. in this world. Yeah, that's very good because, you know, they, you know, thinkers and philosophers, non, you know, like Nietzsche and, and others that were n not religious themselves, but worried about society yeah. when we don't have uh, religion. Mm -hmm. And yes, one of the vir virtue and, re and, and, and religion are often pointed outwards, right? Yes. Well, the whole, exclusively. Yeah, I mean, religion teaches you to get over yourself and care about other people. Yeah. And narcissism tells you the opposite. So in, in a way, narcissism and religion are like polar opposites right and so now not we that there aren't some religious people who are narcissists i'm not trying to say that <laughs> yeah. i'm just saying that but that the, 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 the message of yeah. religion is you know turn the other cheek uh love other people put other people ahead of yourself put god ahead of yourself all that sort of thing so it's not it's not like i'm everything's about me right so this my my identity so before we engage in any interaction i need you to know how I see myself. Right. But it doesn't stop there. And I compel you to see me that way. And and to use these words. When yes. You talk about and I've, I've got, I've got uh, my own vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I've got my own. And, and my opinions about the world are not hinged on fact or truth. Right. They're just my truth. They're my truth, yeah. my lived experience. And if you contradict them in any way, I will turn into a screaming ball of misery. <laughs> and right? I yeah. will put myself on TikTok and... And scream and, and holler and... Yeah, right. So here's an interesting statistic. In 1963, good year, when adolescents were asked if they considered themselves important, only 12% answered affirmatively. 30 years later, that percentage had risen to 80%. Wow. So this is actually the culmination of the, 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 by this, I mean, young people's narcissism. Mm -hmm. So like when I say it's, it's, it's sort of defining our age, I don't mean my age. I mean, uh, you know, millennials and, right. and, and younger, but these millennials who were, who, what are the millennials now? Early thirties? Yeah, I think so. So 30 years ago, was the beginning of the self-esteem movement. Right. 
Right. Right? I mean, was that ever a thing before that? Like you said, like, like well, I don't know, which, what were your dates for that quote you, you, you 63 had 63 and 93. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, did anybody talk about your self-esteem or, or, or had any child ever heard of the word anxiety? I love the or stress. Yeah. They all, they all, every child has the vocabulary of, uh, of, Anxiety and stress. I, I don't think really? I even knew what the word stress meant no. when I was a kid, no. except maybe the you know you stress something until it breaks, like, you know, <laughs> like a physical thing. But I I remember this article I thought it was hilarious. It was talking about comparing American school children to school children in you know Japan and okay. Germany, and they would show how the, you know Japanese children were better in math. Everybody was better in almost everything than the American school children, except for one thing. They had the highest regard for themselves. Self confidence. <laughs> That's right. The American children were more self confident. And look what you got. Yeah. Thanks. Right. So this this whole self esteem thing has um, has it's caught on. Apparently now people are real sure about themselves and they love themselves. Yes, and that right, and that's how we got. And, and it's how we got um, culture where we every of participation trophies. Yes, yeah. So we're a participation trophy culture. Uh, no one can be singled out for excellence because it might hurt somebody else's feelings. Right. Um, I, I was watching a a movie. Kenneth Braun. It was kind of sort of a, about his life growing up in Northern Ireland in Belfast. Mm-hmm. And in school. So there's there's like two rows of two rows of kids, eight, so say sixteen, right? Each week, you are seated by your test scores. Wow! So that the same two smart kids are sitting in the front row all of the time, mm-hmm. and then he kind of works his way up because he wants to sit next to the girl. Oh, yeah, that's up, that's so, up there. Yeah. But just the, the whole idea of of rewarding success. I'm watching. I'm going. That has become a foreign idea. I know. You, you can't would, do it anymore. You would, I mean, that would that would be considered, a, you know, a blow to the children's self esteem if yep. you were to organize. Now, now you're not even allowed to acknowledge the valedictorian of the class. How dare you encourage people to try to strive for excellence? Okay. What a horrible idea! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, strive for excellence and not be the kid in the back of the room. Don't you want to not be that? Isn't that isn't that a motivator? In no, its own no, kind? no. Wait just a minute. Let's take a slightly different take on that. All right. Because here's this one quote in this article uh, from. Psychology Today or something or other about our, our nice our narcissistic culture. He says, Narcissism encompasses a hunger for appreciation or admiration, a desire to be the center of attention, and an expectation of special treatment reflecting a desire for higher status. Well, what about the guy who's trying to be in the front of the class? Is he doing that? What's the difference? Uh, okay. What's uh, the difference okay. between narcissism, which is a hunger for appreciation or admiration, being the center of attention, special treatment, um, and the kids in Kenneth Branagh's class who were trying to be in the front of the class. What's the difference? Yeah. Um, I think the difference might be whether it's earned or not. Oh, that's pretty good. So Go if, the, the, the kid who's sitting in the front of the class because he's the best is different from the kid who wants to sit in the front of the class just because he's him. <laughs> right. Hey, because it's my turn and I deserve it. Right. And I yeah. think that's I think that's a big difference in the culture that we have today is it's it's not an earned um, attention. It's not an earned higher status. It's it's no, just because I'm me, you know, I, I should have this higher Right, because I'm special. Yeah. Everybody every, Everybody's special. Everybody like everybody can't be special. I know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so um 
So I don't spend any time on TikTok. Maybe there are some interest. Maybe there are some positive things that go on along there. And the only reason I know about it is when it's brought to my attention by how awful people can be on TikTok. So right. it's either weird or dangerous challenges, somebody snorting lines of black pepper or something, or it's just uh, somebody just ranting about. Mm-hmm. It, but the subject matter is almost always about themselves. Well, they're all—they're clearly trying to draw attention to themselves. That's yeah. what social media is all about. Yeah, getting more followers, getting more likes, getting more shares. It's like I, I want everybody else to have their attention on me. I want to become yeah. an influencer. Right. So, so let's let's back it up. When websites came out, they were governmental, or they were businesses promoting themselves. Right. Like here's to find more about my product. Or my agency or my organization. And then it turned into my cause. Or, you know, yeah, yeah, right. right. Yep. So all of these things. Okay, yes, it does. It's outward. And then Facebook came along and was basically was saying, uh, you can create a website that features you. Yeah. Right? It's, this is a website dedicated to me. And I think that's the beginning of it. Then... Could be. Social I mean, there, was my, there was MySpace before Facebook, and then you yeah. had But all all of the social media platforms are about attention on yourself. And then it got. And then right. And then you get. Then once you get to Instagram again, far as I know, honestly, it's just a lot of attractive people. Yeah, pictures of me doing pictures, this. Pic- pictures of me doing this other yes, thing. Yes, here I am. Here's my breakfast. Sandwich. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So it's total. It, it it totally feeds. Now, how about this idea? Let's just say they're two friends who get together uh, once a month to drink beers and talk, and they find their conversation so stimulating yeah. that they decide to create a podcast hmm. that they think that other people would enjoy because they have such high regard for their own conversation. That's a good question. That is, was, how was, that's what, narcissistic that does is sound that? Pretty <laughs> nice. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Beer and Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill where you'll find lighthearted chats and deep dives. We hope you enjoy our beer reviews and banter. After which we cover everything from Tolstoy to Thomas Sowell. From God to the Green New Deal. From UFOs to UBI. From Ted Cruz to time travel. From home brewing to homeschooling. From transcendentalism to trans madness. You can reach us with your question or comment at pigweedshow at gmail.com. Yeah, that's a, that's a fair question. Well, back to TikTok. Uh, so this is a Chinese company. Yeah. Apparently, China Chinese TikTok doesn't look like American TikTok. Is you know, this, that's is something. This the part of this is this a weapon to undermine America, just like shipping fentanyl? I believe so. I think you're right. So I think that the Chinese know that all the garbage on American TikTok is undermining is undermining rotting our brains. Rotting our brains, it's undermining family, it's undermining courage, self-determination, uh, all the, all the natural virtues are getting melted away into the, the garbage that you see on social media. So uh, apparently Chinese TikTok has things that are like, somebody, uh, somebody, self-help somebody, stuff. Some, or, or, or no, or, or when you do post pictures of your of your kid it's them winning a competition yeah here they are hey it's look, all right? it's all things all things geared 
all things geared towards helping you to be a better person, a better citizen, a better whatever. And American TikTok is all this garbage about, you know, people trying to be uh, exhibitionists or, or whatever they're trying. So yeah. I do think China is laughing at us saying you're, you guys are undermining your own culture. You're making yourself weaker uh, with all this garbage. And we're not doing that on our side. We're, we're keeping it wholesome and, and uh, clean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why they go. But over here we say, oh, that's all freedom of expression, you know, because we have, because the yes, West is crazy. expressive individualism where yeah. everybody goes on. Like, I, 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 I imagine there are people, just normal people who aren't, maybe they don't have a lot of friends. Uh, maybe they're not noticed very much. So then they shave half their head, paint the other side green, pierce, tattoo, and do what, whatever else, change their genders, and now at least somebody's paying attention to them. Right. And uh, then they... And, and then when people are creeped out by them, they go, oh, you, you can't handle my authenticity. Then you get to become a victim. And uh, it's just perpetuating. Yeah, and, right, right, and then you go right. Then you go on TikTok to talk about how difficult your life is. Um, in a in a way, I think this is the flourishing of the the existential hero. You're you're saying there is there's no meaning in the world. There's no purpose. There's no truth. There's yeah. no right. There's no wrong. I'm going to assert myself, my individuality. My truth, my lived experience, all this me, 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 me stuff. I'm going to assert that, and everybody else has to say, has to affirm me in it. Everybody else has to say, "You go." Yes. Well, at least, at least before you got to the second half, the idea of I create my own meaning. Yeah. You know, in this meaningless world, isn't terrible. Isn't terrible until you now compel everybody else to agree with your level of meaning in, in the world. Which you can't have everybody a, can't everybody creating their own meaning. You know, it's just it, you. It can't work. How can you have a culture? How can you have a society where everybody's creating their own meaning? Right. There has to be some shared truth. There has to be some shared value. Definitely. Yeah. You know, so this idea of everybody deciding for themselves what's right, what's wrong, you know, everything else it's it's become it's gone crazy. It's 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 gone way beyond you know Sartre writing a book about you know existential heroes. It's it's. It's not just the domain of French philosophers. Now it's every every yeah. weirdo with a shaved head and too many piercings coming out and saying, "My stupid ideas deserve to be heard." Right, and and that any that all shared previous shared values are uh, are acts of oppression. Right, and that must be torn down. Which and we. Don't even pretend to have anything to replace it with. So I thought I thought this was an interesting comment that kind of ties in with social media and narcissism. Paradoxically, the focus this is a quote from that article I talked about before. Paradoxically, the focus on superficial aspects of identity often grows out of low self-esteem. Yes, the narcissist may even be desperately trying to avoid self-loathing. Because other people may be blamed for causing such negative feelings, narcissists commonly seethe with antisocial anger. Wow. Doesn't that tie directly into what we see in social media? It's like uh, they're, they're angry at the world because they're not, the rest of the world is not affirming them the way they expect to be affirmed. Right. So they're demanding, no, you have to, I'm fat, you have to tell me I'm thin. I'm, 
you know, I'm ugly, you have to tell me I'm pretty. I'm stupid, you have to tell me I'm smart. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a man, you have to tell me I'm a woman. It's, so there's all this loathing and anger against the rest of the world for not putting up with their crazy fantasies. I've, I've, I've seen several uh, like tra- trans teachers with their own pronouns. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting all weepy on in the in the camera about getting affirmation from third graders. <laughs> right. Gosh. Right? Can you can you imagine being such a lame person that you need third graders to affirm you? I mean, right. come because on. grown adults are going. All right, you're an, you're an idiot. Right. But you but no, you, if but you get but if you can get them you. young enough, yeah, the third then love you. yes, and then. Uh, of course, then all of the kids of twenty six kids have all switched genders before can, the can, end can of the school year. Ima- imagine <laughs> the te- the teacher comes home. Teacher comes home. Honey, what's the matter? Oh, well, well, Joey said I was a poo poo head. Uh, honey, Joey is three <laughs> or six. <right? laughs> Come on, <laughs> really? People trying to get their sense of self worth from from children. Ah, yes. Awful. And speaking of children, children are. Naturally, solipsistic and selfish, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't. They, they, That's the whole they start. Everything's about me, 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 me. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. how they don't have any perspective on anything, and they need their their own needs met, and that's yes. it. The process of maturing is realizing. Wait a minute, I can't always be the first person. Yeah, and then you get a little. Then finally, you know, then you enter relationships, and you you start to put that person before you. And so, yes, so being less solipsistic, less selfish is the process of maturing into a, a, a normal adult. And all I see in, on, on TikTok are undeveloped childish. adults, yeah. child adults. It's, it's a bunch of childishness, yes. That's, you know who, that's what it seems to be. And now, not that I watch TikTok. I, I, don't, I don't even know. I haven't either. So, but although, so what I've seen from TikTok is libs of TikTok, which apparently has upset the libs who... It's just uh, somebody. Somebody was so mad at the, the they, that the woman who's responsible for libs of TikTok that this is from the woman from the Washington Post doxed her out at her, went to her home because you said all you're doing you're putting yourself out there, yeah, and because you, you I guess ex- expecting to get nothing but affirmation, yeah. And instead, somebody compiles them in a place that conservatives can look at and laugh at. Now you're the bad guy for right. for actually getting you more views than you had, had before. Because because part of the narcissism is you must react to me the way I want you to react to me. <laughs> yes. Right. It's not just react to me. It's the way I want. Yes. You have to react to me the way I want you to react. I like this quote. Um The outward features of narcissism, such as entitlement, power grabbing, and self-centeredness, are sourced in inferiority, insecurity, powerlessness, and shame. Um, I think it ties in with a lot of the sense of, of meaninglessness. You know, you're, you're adrift, you're afloat, you don't understand who you are, what you're supposed to be, you have no sense of purpose or anything. So you have this shallow veneer that you present to the world of confidence and entitlement and everything else, but it's, it's all just play acting and it's so it's so obvious because once it gets punctured it just turns into this ranting craziness yes uh let me tell you a story okay i went to a 
uh, street festival in a, a section of Baltimore that I lived in when I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Not that long ago. Uh, all right. It was a long time. <laughs> uh, so, so, and it's a weirdo festival. So there's lots of, you know, lots of white guys in dreadlocks, tie dyes, tattoos, piercing crowd. Okay. But that's a good time. And and they actually finally got craft beer. It was, okay. it was just a Budweiser festival yeah, for, a while. for a while. Yeah, a couple of bands, a couple of stages with bands. You know, regular street festival stuff. So I see a man, uh, and let me see if I can describe what he's wearing. So it's a short sleeve, button down shirt. It's sort of light blue with say three inch white polka dots. Okay, that's the pattern. Yeah, shorts that are kind of like poofy, but like elastic legs, like a three-year-old would wear. You, uh-huh. know, you know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah. Like the kind uh-huh. of shorts you put over a diaper or something yeah. like that. So yeah. he also has these. So he has on the white, t- little white tennis shoes, white gloves, and a white beret cocked just so. All right. And oh, and a white clutch purse. Okay. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he's very easy to recognize. I saw him many times throughout throughout the day because he was always on the move. Yeah. Ne- he never stopped to buy anything, eat anything, drink he was anything. Just, just you want people to see him. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm thinking about him getting ready in the morning. Yeah. You know, he's got one of those three sided yeah. mirrors. How can I get people to look at me? Yeah. Right. And yeah. he's right. Everything is just so. Right. Uh, oh, by the way, he's in his mid fifties. Okay. Head yeah. shaved. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I am going to present myself to the I'm world. I'm on display today. I am on display. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like going out like a normal person who goes out to experience the world. No, no, no. I am going out there to for, be experienced. To be experienced. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. just the whole thing. I was just like, I just can. His from the moment he got up that morning until he got home, it was. The me show, right? Yeah. I mean, so you're so. How about so you're getting ready to go to this festival? Mm-hmm. Uh, I go. Uh, all right, looks like it's warm enough for shorts. Mm-hmm. Shirt doesn't clash terribly with these pants. Yeah. Comfortable shoes because I'm gonna be walking a lot. Yeah, and uh, that's it because I'm gonna go drink some beers, talk to some friends, listen to music, maybe some jerk chicken. Right? Is that how you? Isn't that how you go out? Isn't that how? You, do you present yourself to the world? Or you well, just... I, I, I dress to attract the chicks. I mean, <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> there's that, yeah. No, I, there is certainly an element of of this in, extreme narcissism. I was down in Miami Beach, down at South Beach one time for, for a conference, and there were these people who were standing out on the beach with these, you know, sprayed-on tans. They'd obviously been to the gym a lot, you know, wearing... wearing and, they, and they were, like posing on the beach just like standing in a pose waiting for people to come by and admire them it was very very odd <laughs> very odd but speaking of narcissism i got have to bring this one in the narcissism of modern weddings where it's not it's like people writing their own vows i have to i have to admit we wrote our own vows we were that was kind of a fad back around the time <laughs> when we were getting married i wish we hadn't i mean you know that's that's stupid. You know, marriage is a public community celebration. There ought to be these are the things that you do. These are the things that you say. All right. right? What are these other aspects you don't care for? About, about modern weddings? Yeah. Yeah. So it's everything is about creating an ex- This is my experience. You know, this, this is our day. This is our day to be the center of attention. This is a, no, 
this is this is your day to enter into this relationship to have mm-hmm. this this uh ceremony this rite this this rite of passage that that's what it's about it's not about you having your special day you've seen the like the bridezillas and all that kind of stuff you know <laughs> yeah. where no this is my day everything has to go my way i have to have everything i want come on it's awful yeah yes yes it is i mean it's you know fun to watch like a train wreck is fun to watch it's, it's fun it to is. watch so you can make fun of it but all right so but, narcissism, right, but, you, but aren't you aren't you going does this guy know what he's getting into <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, it's not going to stop here. Yeah. Mm. You mean the the husband of the bridezilla? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. Of the bridezilla. Yeah. Like, uh... you, you have to you have to wonder why you would if, yeah. if you see your future wife behaving that way. Yeah. Why you would then continue <laughs> to go on with it? You know, it's like you get up, you're about to say the vows, and you say, you know. Uh, darling, after the way you've been behaving the last couple of hours, I think maybe not. Right. I saw so the, Leah Thomas, the swimmer, yeah, dude, uh, in in an interview, they were asked a she he he was asked about about whether or not it was unfair or something along those lines. But the reaction was all about how much happier he was. Yeah. So basically, oh. You know, you, you you do realize you're ruining the experience for all of the other girls. Yes, but think about how you know. Once I accepted myself as my true self, I became so much. Ha- That's not that wasn't the question. For first off, yeah, and the fact that you would just ignore everybody else's reaction, yeah, is classic. Right. Yes, I'm happy, and who cares if everybody else suffers? <laughs> yes. Right. Who cares if I'm ruining girls' sports? Yeah, but I'm happy. All right, so narcissism actually has been a uh, sort of an underlying theme in several of our and past shows. I don't shows, think it's going away, no. but I just wanted to lump them all together in yeah. one. In one, just to do. We got, uh, we got not so much a letter from a. Uh, but yes, uh, so a, a tough mutter. Uh, one of our listeners sent in this thing. Hey guys, I thought you might appreciate this. And upon reading it, I was like, "You're darn right, pretty, I do." Pretty funny. It's called "The First Native the Pilgrims Met Asked Where's the Beer." Uh, <laughs> so you, I mean, you've got beer and American history. There you go. Uh, what else? What else is Four months after they landed at Plymouth, with more than half of them having survived the winter, the Pilgrims met their first native of the New World. His name, that eventually learned, was Samoset. And he was one of the chiefs of Abenaki, who lived in Maine. As soon as he saw them, he said, welcome, Englishman. So, do you got any beer? <laughs> yeah, he was like, it reminds me of, heard a guy t- telling about his experience going to Spain. He says, uh, you know what, I really only learned one phrase, cerveza grande. And it served me well. I was like, this guy just like, he, he, he wasn't, uh, who, who was the squant, squanto yeah. who actually spoke English? I think he just memorized the phrase. Yeah, but this, this guy had had something, you know, one thing that people forget is the time between Columbus, you know, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, and the and the pilgrims, right. it was like 130 years or something. Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it was a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. And in that between time, there was some coming and going between yeah. various people were, uh, people were Europeans trapping and, and trading, and there was a, like a Nova Scotia fishing village kind yeah. of a thing. And some, but, and some no, Native Americans went back to Europe and learned European languages and things. It, so it was kind but of you just didn't, but, but like 
cutting ties with Europe and just saying, I'm moving to America forever. For some reason, I don't know why it took 130 years, but it did. So, yeah. But anyway, there was contact along the way. Yeah. And uh, we're sorry to say, uh, wiped out most of them. Uh, yes, it's awful. So, right. So, so they, so I'm thinking, right, they, you know, the story of Thanksgiving, da, 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 that they rolled up on the beach and then they, there were the natives standing right there. What did they say? It took four months to even meet anybody? Right. Yeah. So the Americas were very heavily populated, but there's this great book called 1491, which goes into all these details. It tries to reconstruct what America was like before Europeans came over. And um, North and South America were very populated. And when Europeans came over and unbeknownst to them brought these horrible diseases that wiped out something like 95% of the population. The numbers are absolutely amazing. It's atrocious. It's horrible. So when they came to uh, America, they, they would see all these areas that were just denuded of human population because they'd all died from chickenpox or, or whatever. And it's no wonder that they didn't run into anybody because a lot of the tribes had been reduced. Some of them were just totally wiped out. And uh-huh. most of them were, were, were very, very much smaller than they had been before. So, But then every once in a while they would run into somebody who knew English or, you know... It had, it had enough experience with Englishmen to know... They got this thing called beer. Exactly. We don't have that over here. <laughs> we don't have that over here. And the pilgrims did not give him any beer. I don't know if they already drank it all or if they hadn't brewed any, but they or just they liked their beer too much to share with strangers. <laughs> they gave him some pudding and cooked duck, which he recognized as British food. So, uh, which he probably immediately said, "Oh, that's horrible." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Back in those yeah. days, the British couldn't cook. For yeah, yeah, he still can't. Uh, so, right, so he's like, "Yeah," gave him some knickknacks and stuff. And all right, okay, fine. Not, when I come back next time, I want some beer. <laughs> and I don't know what they. I don't know what they did. I mean, you, what do you think? Well, those Puritans, they probably weren't all that keen on beer, were they? No, they did. They, uh, you know, there, there wasn't the same uh, yeah, anti-alcohol stances. What were they using, do you, do you think? Well, cider was actually more common in the, okay, so in the they colonies. Could, yeah, yeah, so they could get their hands on some uh, honey and sugar. and. Yeah, well, that would be mead. But, right. uh, yeah, I wonder, when, when did they start? Because ci- I know cider was very popular in colonial times. But I wonder if there were apples around for when the pilgrims were here. I don't know. I don't know so exactly when. Barley and hops, and they, uh, that probably took a while. Yeah, probably took a little while to get the barley and hops over here. But anyway, All so right, but that, uh, yeah, Tough Mutter, thank thanks for sending it. That is, that is a great story. You guys just showing up. Uh, hey, got, yeah. any, got any beer? <laughs> <laughs> now that you've killed 95% of our population, can you at least give us a beer? <laughs> and they said no. no. <laughs> All right. All right, thanks, Tough Cheers. If you like Beer in Conversation with Pigweed and Crow Hill, please like it, share it, give us a good review, post it to Facebook, all that good stuff. Thank you so much.